Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Man, it's going to be a great day because we're going to be contributors to it. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello, everyone in Steelers Nation. Welcome to Saverin on Steelers, our podcast with great Steeler content for you. My name is Stan Saverin. I co-host the post-game show on the Steelers Radio Network, along with former Steeler quarterback Charlie Batch. So we'll get ready for that once the regular season begins. You also can hear me daily on ESPN Pittsburgh from noon until 2. Initially, we were told, maybe with a wink-wink, that there was a quarterback competition. But everyone kind of felt and knew that Mitch Trubisky was going to be the starter, barring injury, in Game 1 of the regular season. However, leading into the final preseason game against the Detroit Lions, when Mike Tomlin was asked about certain position battles battling for starting spots like left guard, uh, like inside linebacker. Somebody followed up and said, well, does that include quarterback? And Mike Tomlin said, yes. That comes as a surprise. Now, to be fair, the Steelers have never said who would be the number one quarterback. So until that statement is made or until we see it, Sunday afternoon, shortly after 1 o'clock in Cincinnati, Ohio, then they can't be accused, meaning the Steeler brass, of changing their mind. They might keep it secret until then, but it's not a well-kept secret. But the fact that Mike Tomlin would not come out and say, well, so-and-so is going to be our starter, uh, might be revealing. Now, it is entirely possible that Mike Tomlin, who likes to use the media, many coaches do, but Mike Tomlin likes to use the media to get points across to his players. And so maybe he's telling Mitch Trubisky, hey, don't get too confident. Or maybe he's telling Kenny Pickett, keep it up and we'll keep you in mind. I still believe it's going to be Mitch Trubisky, and I think that there's evidence why that is the smart move. There is no discounting what Kenny Pickett has done thus far. But I think what the objective was in the preseason for Pickett was could he prove to the Steelers that he was far enough along so that they could trust him to be the backup to Mitch Trubisky 
and not only to come in and save a game uh, or maybe a, a short-term injury, but how quickly would he be ready to step in and take the reins of this team? I think, obviously, based on his performance in the first two preseason games, the answer is yes on both counts. Now, there's still a long way to go. Things might change after the third exhibition game against Detroit. He might have a bad game, and all of a sudden you have to reassess what you thought. But I have felt all along that, at least as far as Kenny Pickett was concerned, it was not about his ability to become the starter right now. It was about would he be advanced enough after just one training camp and a couple exhibition games to make them finalize their strategy concerning Mason Rudolph. Now, that may not be part of the equation anyway if they decide to keep all three. Once teams have their final roster cuts next week, people will become available. People get hurt. Maybe the market value for a guy like Mitch Trubisky or excuse me, a guy like Mason Rudolph, increases. And you get more for him than you thought. Or maybe the offer is such that we're better off keeping all three. I think that's the way they're leaning. But again, this, at least as far as the quarterbacks, I don't think there was any doubt that Trubisky was going to be the starter. And then again, as to who was going to be number two, that would not depend on Mason Rudolph. It would depend on Kenny Pickett. And I think Kenny Pickett progressed rapidly enough to open the eyes of the Steelers and say, let's take a much closer look at this guy and not necessarily to see if he's ready to start in game one, but is he ready to start in game five if we need him? And that's why Mike Tomlin said, I want to see him perform with the number one group, which he did in the touchdown drive at the end of the second quarter in Jacksonville. And it also may determine what they want to see from him in the final preseason game Sunday afternoon against the Lions, who, by the way, said they will play their starters through the entire first half and they do seem to have a pretty good defensive front. If you're concerned about the offensive line, even though it's only an exhibition game, it won't get any easier against the Lions. And also to draw a distinction, we can talk about the offensive line. The Seattle front, when the Steelers ran the ball well and protected fairly well, that Seattle front is not very good and isn't expected to be. Jacksonville, on the other hand, has higher pedigree players there. And I know the Jaguars aren't a very good team, but their defensive line is coming along. So maybe that explains the disparity in the performance of the offensive line, game one to game two. But as far as the wisdom of starting Mitch Trubisky, again, the preseason was going to be about how quickly, if at all, Would Kenny Pickett progress? Playing quarterback in this league is not easy. I don't care if you're the number one overall pick or drafted in the third round. 
but especially as a rookie of any pedigree, there are just things that happen that you see that you do not see in college. It's just different. Obviously, the players are better, but the schemes are more sophisticated. And not to take away from anything Pickett has done, but an exhibition season, most, if not all, teams keep things very plain, very simple, very vanilla. They're saving their stuff for when it really counts. And so what Kenny Pickett saw against Seattle or Jacksonville or even Detroit in the final tune-up is likely going to be much less complex than what the Bengals have in store for him if he were to start. What the Bengals will have in store, this goes for Trubisky too, and certainly in the second game when evil defensive mastermind Bill Belichick brings the Patriots to town, to Acreshire Stadium. And so life is going to get more difficult for any quarterback, let alone a rookie. Not many rookies have come into the NFL and lit it up. Joe Burrow even, Trevor Lawrence, high pedigree, number one overall picks. They struggled in their rookie years. Took them a while. And they both were coming off national championship seasons, playing in national championship games. There's something to be said for experience. I think a lot of people who follow the Steelers and around the NFL fan base in general. have given Mitch Trubisky an unfair tag. I think because he was the second overall pick, not his fault, given the fact that the Bears traded up to get him, not his fault, given the fact that he was actually drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes, not his fault, they label him a bust. And yet, if you look under the surface, he went to a bad team with a head coach who proved to be not ready for the NFL, a team with very few offensive weapons around him, and yet Trubisky was 29-21 and as a starter. and was the quarterback twice of a playoff team. The Bears made the playoffs twice in his years there. That doesn't sound like a guy who's a failure, a bust. I mean, he had some bad games, certainly. But 29 and 21 with those Bears teams, with few offensive weapons, he did pretty well. He fits the Matt Canada offense well. We saw in the Jacksonville game while he was running for his life that his mobility was indeed and will be a positive factor. Not that Pickett couldn't do the same thing. 
But there is something to be said for the years of experience, not a lot, but certainly more than Pickett. And also, if you're considering the long-term development of Kenny Pickett, who eventually will be the starting quarterback, it's more of a natural progression to start Trubisky, and then if you have to, and that's a big if, if you have to, because of poor play either by him or the offense in general, it's more of a natural (coughs) progression to start Trubisky and bring Pickett in for him than it would be to start Pickett and then have to yank him and bring in Trubisky in relief. Now, Trubisky could certainly handle coming in in relief, but with your number one draft pick, and I know he's 24 and he played a lot of college football, but you just wonder if you start a guy like him, and then have to pull him, what that does for his confidence level. And how comfortable would you be going back to him? In my view, it's much better to play it the other way around. If you bring in Pickett to replace Trubisky, there's much less pressure on Pickett than there would be the other way around. And I do think that ought to be considered. It appears as of now, barring a terrific offer from someone, that the Steelers will keep all three quarterbacks, which probably was indicated when they cut Chris Oladokun. Rookie quarterback drafted in the seventh round. The question is, why use slash waste a seventh-round draft pick on a quarterback who at best ends up in your practice squad, which still might happen. Now, the success rate of seventh-round draft picks is not great, but I would remind you, Trey Norwood, a seventh-round pick, Mark Robinson, who's opened up a lot of eyes, seventh-round pick, along with Oladokun, Brett Kiesel, seventh-round pick, Going back when they had 12 rounds, even 17 rounds, Darren Perry, David Little, Elsie Greenwood, Mike Wagner. Why throw away a seventh-round pick? Well, these topics are just one of the topics we had in discussion with Jerry Dulac. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jannard Avery um, being cut came as somewhat of a surprise. Uh, I was uh, discussing the possibilities for that. Um, did he not play well? Were they dissatisfied um, with uh, the fact that he was hurt a lot? Do they have other people um, like uh, Rashid they like better? Or was it just a really bad job by the scouting department to sign him in the first place? You know, Stan, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the exact answer, but I will find out. Unfortunately, I don't know for your purposes um, right now. Um, But based on what I saw in the limited time that he played, and based on what I saw the other guys in the extensive amount of time they played, uh, Jannard Avery looked better than those guys. And he said, you know, more of a proven player, if you will. Um, so there has to be something in there that, uh, you know, that, that for that to occur. And I don't know, like I said, right now, specifically, uh, what that is. Uh, I was, I was a little surprised, um, because you you I could see if they saw, if they had somebody there that they really liked or was standing out and thought, okay, we're going to, you know, just make this move now. Um, but. Um, I, I, I don't know the exact answer, unfortunately. Like I said, I'll find out, and when I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, do you know, um, and these guys received some playing time, that uh, Hamilco Rashid or Delonte Scott, um, have they shown them that they want to give them a, a real hard look on uh, on Sunday? You know, Delonte Scott was a guy in, in Latrobe that you saw him on the field. But what I see of him during the games as uh, he's a guy who gets moved off that line of scrimmage very easily. Um, I don't think uh, that, that uh, he's any type of backup answer. In fact, I don't think any guy they have on the roster is a backup answer for the most important position on the defense. One injury there, and, uh, you know, we've seen Alex Highsmith not play and be out for a couple weeks now. Uh, they have one injury on, at that position. They're going to be in trouble. Um, so, um, I, I, you know, they like Derek Tuska, but not to the point in my opinion, where he's the top guy off the bench, which right now is what he is. Um, so, um, you know, look, you're, you're going to have issues, at, you know, at some on, on, uh, you know, in some spots on a roster, um, you hate to see it be there. Um, I just think because of the nature of that position, to not have a, you know, whether a young promising guy that you want to get playing time for or somebody who's, um, you know, maybe a little bit more established, you'd like to see that situation. And I just don't know that that's the case at, at outside linebacker. And uh, you, you're somewhat rolling the dice. We'll see how this thing, uh, you know, all unfolds once after final cuts are made from other teams. Uh, you know, are are they going to go out go out and bring in a Melvin Ingram? I don't think so. But Stan, you never know who's going to be cutting, who's sitting out there. If they figure, hey, maybe for one year, uh, you know, we could get by with them. Uh, it's pretty clear that they'll be watching the waiver wire. I mentioned a couple names uh, earlier today on the show. 
Trey Flowers with the Lions. We may see him Sunday. Um, he had some good injury uh, issues, but has a pretty good years with New England, where, by the way, Brian Flores was his linebacker coach. D. Ford, Tack McKinley, uh, and a guy that uh, I think they made a mistake letting go in the first place, and that was Quincy Roche, uh, the kid out of Miami. Apparently, I read an article this morning that he's very much on the bubble with the Giants, um, who claimed him. Um, so, I mean, there's all possibilities. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, waiver wires and guys getting cut and, you know, potential acquisitions, um, they brought in a couple of offensive linemen, nothing high profile, um, after what we saw in Jacksonville. Um, are, are they looking at the waiver wire to bring in some help on the O-line as well? You know, Stan, I don't really know that there's going to be any help available for what they might need. And I say that because, uh, first of all, teams around the National Football League have a hard enough time finding quality backup uh, offensive linemen, let alone starters. And so I don't really think they're going to go out and find a starter on their offensive line that is better than what they have or would even be out there that they would consider, especially after the money they spent on James Daniels, Mason Cole, and re-upping Chooksakor for. And what the Steelers have in terms of behind them, you know, again, considering that most teams don't have any depth, I don't have a big problem with the players they have behind them, whether J.C. Hassenauer, whether Kevin Dotson, or whoever the backup is going to be, whether I know whoever the starter is going to be at left guard. I don't think Kendrick Green did himself any favors the other day. Uh, obviously, with the way he played. Um, and, and you know, I mean, and John LeGloop showed last year, you know, for a backup lineman and who had to play a lot, he was more than serviceable. So I don't know that they necessarily need and, – and, you know, you have Joe Haig, who's, who's, who is what he is. He's a veteran swing player who, if you need to play him, he'll go in there and play. I don't know that they're going to go look for an, a, a backup because I think the backups are okay, which strange as that sounds for a line that is struggling. Um, and I don't know that they're going to go find a starter or even want to find a starter at this point. When I say want to find a starter, I mean, you're pretty much set with what you have. I don't think, I don't think their issues are like, we need to go find a starter on the offensive line because um, I don't think they have that big a problem with the guys they have individually. So, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I, I, I really don't think, barring an injury, I really don't think you're going to see anything drastic with the offensive line other than continuing maybe to bring in some bodies and see what you have, but not necessarily, you know, as they do all the time during uh, any training camp with any position. You see how many roster moves they make daily. Uh, Jerry, I um, was intrigued by a comment made by Kevin Dotson. I don't know if you were present for that interview. Um, and I've talked about it, it makes some sense to me, um, uh, that maybe part of the struggles, and Dotson may be the leader at left guard um, based on attrition, the way Kendrick Green played, um, as far as the starting left guard. Dotson said that um, he was um, uh, in the game against Jacksonville while the Bulls were flying live, uh, found himself reverting to prior techniques uh, taught by prior offensive line coaches. Pat Meyer is teaching entirely new techniques. Um, again, not as an excuse, but I, I, I got a note from Keith, who is a golf instructor, uh, and he said, um, 
he would tell, you know, one of his pupils, you know, the way you're holding the club works okay for you. But if you do it this way, you may take a step back, but eventually you'll be better. Uh, that's an analogy, I think, that Pat Meyer's teaching a new technique. Do you look at the offensive line's issues as at least partially that they're all getting used to a different way, and we all know the turnover that they've had with offensive line coaches? Well, Stan, I don't think there's any question that it's not just that. It's that you have a you have two players from different systems coming in who are automatically going to be starters in, in Cole and Daniels, and, and you're putting uh, you have a new starter at left guard if it were Kendrick Green. And, you know, Kevin Dotson started there early last year, but he missed the last 10 games uh, with an injury. And you have a new offensive line coach. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's all, you know, that, that takes time. Um, you know, I'm not sitting here making excuses for him, but I'm willing to understand that, um, you know, between what he is trying to teach uh, with two new players in here, and, of course, they're all new to him, um, yeah, and you know, and Dan Moore. Let's face it; he's just in his second year. Um, I yeah, there's you're going to have some of that, and um, you don't have an experienced line with the same offensive line coach, and uh, so like anything, Stan, I I try not to to lend uh, too much credence to any type of play in preseason games, whether it's very good play or very poor play. We'll see what happens during the regular season. Um, you know, once it starts. But, I, you know, I'm willing to, you know, the, the, they ran for 187 yards in the first game. Um, and they couldn't do anything the second game. Was Jacksonville's defense better um, than what they saw the first week? Yeah, because they played more of their, more of their regulars. So, I, you know, I'm willing to give it some time and see. And I'm not ready to sit here and say this is like the worst offensive line I've ever seen. I'll give it a little bit of time. Okay, very good. Uh, agreed. Uh, I mentioned that that 2008 Super Bowl team uh, didn't exactly have five Anthony Munoz's plan for it either. Um, and, and lastly, um, the, the, the release of Chris Oladokun, uh, not that that is going to affect them, um, but why did they draft a quarterback uh, in the seventh round in the first place? Uh, there have been very recent examples of how seventh rounders can help you. Trey Norwood, and we can go back. Maybe Mark Robinson, Brett Kiesel. I've named off a number of guys who drafted later in the round. You know, what was the thought? Did they get him as insurance in case they were going to trade Mason Rudolph? Does this indicate that they're not planning on trading Rudolph now? Well, Stan, first off, let me say this. When they drafted Chris Oladokun and nothing against him, when they took a second quarterback among seven picks, it was viewed by uh, some who matter in that building that that was a wasted pick, and it's proved to be that. And I say that because if they had any designs on moving on from Mason Rudolph, they would have played Chris Oladokun in the preseason. They would have given him snaps at training camp just to see where this guy is, whether he can be a third quarterback. The other thing's going to be if Kenny Pickett is your backup quarterback, you know darn well they're not going to keep two rookies behind a starter. They just don't believe in that. So why would you even waste a seventh-round pick on Chris Oladoka, on a quarterback? Forget who it is. I don't want to pick on him. Mm -hmm. It was a wasted pick from the get-go. There were people in that building who knew it was a wasted pick. It, it was not met with approval by some people, and um, I, I didn't get it, um, and, and it just proved to be true. No, he may come back and be on a practice squad, and I get it, and that's fine. But that doesn't discount the fact that from the get-go, 
it was a wasted pick. And again, it only points up uh, one more reason why if they had any designs on thinking that this guy was worth anything and they were going to move on from Mason Rudolph, they would let this guy take some snaps and play. I mean, why wouldn't he have played in any of the preseason games? He certainly wasn't going to play in this one. Maybe he would have, but that just further points up that they had, you know, they have no use for that type of player right now, even though he may come back to the practice squad. And uh, like I said, from the get-go stand, it just puzzled a lot of people, did not sit well with a lot of people, and was a wasted pick. And lastly, Jerry, how do you think Tomlin will play at vis-a-vis starters against Detroit on Sunday? Stan, nothing would surprise me. Um, I have thought all along that it wouldn't shock me if Kenny Pickett started the game just to give him more of an opportunity. Look, Stan, everything they do, everything they have done and everything they will continue to do is designed to have Kenny Pickett progress. Uh, now, once they get to the regular season, that's going to slow a little bit. But I could, So here's a, here's a better question for you. Once they get to the regular season, who takes the second team reps? Is it Mason Rudolph, who in the short term, if there's an in-game injury to Trubisky, who goes in? Would it be Mason Rudolph? More than likely right now. But do you do that at the expense of not continuing Kenny Pickett's development? And the answer to that is no. They will continue to give him reps in practice because, like I said, everything they do is geared toward developing Kenny Pickett. And so we'll see how that uh, uh, plays out uh, into, the, uh, into the regular season. But to your question, Mitch Trubisky indicated that he will start the game. Uh, th- this morning he said that, that he will start against Detroit. And um, it was just curious to me the other day, Stan, when Mike Tomlin said last week he wanted uh, Kenny Pickett to, to get uh, you know, more varsity action. He played eight snaps, Stan. He played two series, and it was like uh, Tom, Mike Tomlin said, okay, I've seen enough. I don't need to see anymore. When you would think they would want to continue to give him another series or two just to continue his uh, development. So, um, but there's no doubt they really like what they see at Kenny Pickett. It's not going to alter the rotation right now, except for the fact that, um, uh, you know, we'll see how he plays that depth chart thing and who he has, uh, you know, how they dress him on game day in Cincinnati and going forward. Do you, lastly, quickly, do you still expect Trubisky to start in Cincinnati? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. That's been the plan uh, all along, and a- everything points to that. I mean, he's taken every snap with the first team, and, and he should start. I don't, I don't think they want to throw Kenny Pickett to the Wolves either. I mean, I, I think, um, uh, you know, they understand what they have, and, that, you know, it'll, it'll only be a matter of time. Now, I don't know when that time will be, um, but, no, they don't want to just toss him in there right away when they don't have to. Um, they like what they've seen from Mitch Trubisky. Uh, even the other day, uh, the way he played, you know, not, you know, failed to have a scoring drive, but you saw the pressure he was under. And I thought some of the plays he made with his feet uh, were encouraging, too, because you saw one of the reasons why, uh, you know, they signed him right away. So, no, I think uh, Mitch Trubisky will be the starter in Cincinnati. I don't even think it's up for debate at this point in time. But, um, you know, like I've always said, Stan, in today's NFL – you don't draft a quarterback number one and not play him at some point, whether it's week three, week 10, or next year. Eventually, no matter what, Kenny Pickett will be the starter of this team. And our thanks go to Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. Our thanks to you if you're new to our podcast. Well, don't feel too badly. 
because we're new. We just started the Savern on Steelers podcast. I'm glad you found us. Uh, tell your friends and give me some feedback. Let me know on Twitter at Stan Love the Show or on my Facebook page, Savern on Sports. Um, let me know what you think about the podcast, where we might make improvements. I'm sure that we can. Um, let us know how you think about this. We drop new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, all Steelers season long. And again, you can check it out on the iHeartMedia app. You can get uh, the, the podcast on Twitter at Stan Love the Show. Uh, I invite you to join me on my daily radio show on ESPN Pittsburgh. That's a noon to two Eastern time each weekday afternoon. That concludes another edition of my podcast, Savern on Steelers. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.